Today's episode is sponsored by New Growth Press. The Ask the Christian Counselor series from New Growth Press walks readers through their deepest and most profound questions. Addressing popular counseling topics, these short books written by experienced counselors give individuals the tools to understand their struggle and how the gospel brings help and healing to the problem they are facing. For more information on New Growth Press resources, click the link in our show notes or visit newgrowthpress.com. This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Counsel for Life. I'm Beth. And I'm Eliza. Thank you for joining us, listeners. We are so grateful to have you with us today. And we have a special guest once again with us. Uh, we love having guests. It's so fun to just meet new people and interact and have conversations. And we hope that when we talk with our guests, it's more like a conversation than us just throwing questions at them. So we, we hope that's helpful for you listeners. And today we get to talk with Michael Gambola. So Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Michael is an ordained minister and he's a licensed professional counselor as well. And he serves as the executive director of Blue Ridge Christian Counseling, which is in Virginia. And he's he's taught as an adjunct professor at seminaries. He's written he's he's written articles and a couple of books today. We're going to talk specifically about a book that he's written called Anxious About Decisions, Finding Freedom in the Peace of God. So I hope, listeners, that your interest is piqued because I think all of us have had periods of time in our lives when, man, how am I going to make the right decision? What does wisdom look like? So we're super excited to talk with you today, Michael. But would you just tell us a little bit more about you, maybe a little bit more personal about your life? Sure. Yeah, Kelly and I have uh, three little kids. They're seven, five, and three. And... um we live in Roanoke, which is a little—it's just a little city in the mountains in Virginia. And uh, yeah, love love to do counseling and teaching and writing when I get the chance. Uh, but most of the time is spent uh, taking care of a counseling center that's we're seeking to continue to manage well. That's been growing and seeking to serve uh, Southwest Virginia, which is in some ways an underserved area. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, when I think about people who run a, a business and then they're also doing these other things, like I mean, let children. alone, yeah, <laughs> let alone having yeah. children and a wife, but also writing books and doing and coming on podcasts with people. So thank you for giving your time uh, and mm-hmm. your ministry is, is such a beautiful to. gift um, to our, to our world. And so let's just jump right in. And, and I would love to ask you, a specific question related to the what the material that's in the book, but just when you think about decision-making, it's obviously something we all have to do, and so many of the decisions that we have to make are not things that we can go straight to the Bible and find a verse or a passage mm-hmm. that tells us what to do. And so in, in your new book, you talk about the anxiety that can come with making decisions. And so uh, what are some of the steps that you believe is help, are helpful for us as believers to take as we're preparing to make wise decisions? Well, a lot of the good books that I referenced kind of toward the end take you through more of the steps. Um, my angle is a bit more to help people who 
if they could have all the steps, they would definitely follow them. And then they would still feel uncertain after they followed all of them. And they would have a really hard time, you know, making a footprint in the world and actually making decisions, taking the risk of regret, taking the risk of making a bad decision. And so my big, uh, well, my, my one, I think, contribution was to try to help people who had to deal with that uncertainty and had to live with the uncertainty, even if they'd followed all the steps. I'll, I'll throw, throw a couple of comments on, you know, in terms of steps. I mean, there's, um, you know, the studying all the options, these uh, comparing them with weighted pro and con lists. Uh, there's uh, narrowing the decisions. Uh, once you cross them off, don't go back to the ones you've crossed off. Mm. Uh, try not to ruminate and ask a lot of questions about whether you made the right decision, but to kind of, as you get, in, you know, set a, set a time limit for yourself, you know, yeah. then go ahead and make the decision. That's kind of the, what you might call the quote right answer uh, mm-hmm. that people who study and focus on this stuff uh, as a, for more for a living, whether it's business or in, uh, in other fields. But for me as a counselor, I'm interested in the problem. I'm mm-hmm. interested in anxiety. So I'm trying to help people with that. Yeah. Well, and, and talk a little bit about the role that the Christian community plays in that, because you mentioned kind of your typical pros and cons lists and weighing options and things like that. And so as believers, uh, what's different? I mean, I'm kind of throwing you a little curveball here in this question. Yeah, sure, what's, sure. What's different for us as believers when we're trying to make good decisions? Yeah, I should have included that as well on the list, right? Because there's, there's, there's an arrogance in not including the family of God in, in a decision there's um, and then, but actually the opposite error is the over-dependence on others and the struggle to make a decision, which is a little more in view for me. Um, one of the notes I make in the book is that, you know, there's probably another book that should be written about people who never slow down to ask whether they're making a good, good decision. Uh, but that's a whole other set of problems. It's not decision anxiety because <laughs> actually their decisions go, you know, they get, they get made real quick. Um, but what I, what I've seen before people who, um, just really sweet, sincere believers who might ask like half a dozen people or, or a dozen people, you know, even more about a major life decision about, um, you know, going to a specific certain kind of graduate school, or they'd like to, you know, even, even to the extent of like, I'd like to ask this person out, what do you think? And, you know, if you multiply uh, too many advisors, then all of a sudden, you're going to find disagreement among them. And then you're going to be like, Oh no, how do I, how do I not disappoint one of these people I respect? And so then you get stuck in between other people's opinions and you're no closer to making a decision for yourself. So what I'm not aiming for is isolation. Actually, I think isolation makes it worse, but how to deal with the uncertainty that still exists when you've taken the humble and wise step of including others and putting other perspectives on the table. Um, Just, I'm just recognizing that that doesn't end the process. Totally. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's wise. Wow. So let me chime in here for a minute, if I may, because I'm just kind of listening to you guys talk and just thoughts are going through my mind. I remember, so I homeschooled my kids and uh, one of the things that we thought was going to be really helpful, which I'm not saying it was or it wasn't, but we taught them Latin, which none of them use, but (laughs) I'm sure it was helpful. (laughs) So we went through many, many, many years of Latin and I remember... (laughs) learning certain words because they just uh like they just really hit when I understood their roots. So that's probably why it's helpful to learn Latin too. But um one of them was the word decide. And I don't know if you know this or not. Do you do you teach your kids Latin? <laughs> we don't. I do know okay. this one though. Yeah. Okay. So the the root word is I 
I, so what is it? Do you remember? I think it's like, it's uh, to, to cut. Yeah. It's it to does cut, mean to cut, cut but yeah. I think it was like, uh, yeah, yeah. Kadere or something like that. I'm probably saying it all wrong, but, but it, you can, when you look at it, if you listeners, you can Google it. What's the Latin for decide or whatever. And it, you kind of see the similar, uh, sounding word in there, but it means to cut. And I don't, I don't remember if this was in your book. I read your book when it, when it was like a pre-release. So it's been a minute, but I do. It, as as you guys are talking, I'm remembering talking to my son because in a certain situation, he had two decisions to make and both were good. And uh, he was right at that like older teen age. He was still under, you know, our, our roof, our authority and whatnot. But this was a situation where we really wanted him to make the decision. And I, and I think part of it was because what he was wrestling with was what we wrestle with as adults. Like this was now an adult decision. Mom and dad aren't going to make it for you. Either way is fine, but to cut off one of those or to decide there was a little bit of grief or a little bit of loss or maybe what probably he would have said in his, you know, millennial lingo was, you know, um, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out from, from getting rid of that one decision. So in light of that, like, I think sometimes we can kind of look at things and say, how do I make wise decisions? And that's a good Mm -hmm. question, but I want to actually kind of turn it a little bit in light of what I just shared and like, how do we make wise decisions? (laughs) when both are good and maybe what do we do with the anxiety that kind of comes up when we're faced with two two that could work, you know, like either one, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, I love that. Uh, I love etymologies, like um, a word's history, you know, of course doesn't necessarily determine how we like use it, but it does, it does. um, That's that tells a story about how that word, you know, came, came about. And in this case, it fits a ton because that that is the experience. You feel like you're cutting something off that is mm-hmm. that that represents something for you that's positive. Right. This this could be something good. And often, like you said, the harder decisions are not between a good and a bad thing. Right. You know, that's it's more between uh, two apparently similar options. Right. Mm-hmm. That are both good. Um, so there's a risk tolerance building here and there's a, um, I, I talk a lot about in the book about stewardship of managing wisely what's been entrusted to us that belongs to God and that we, you know, we want everything that we know from him and of him to inform everything that we're doing. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, he, well, a lot of us wish he would step in and make the decision for us. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. how I put it. And, and I don't mean that in a kind of a, you know, uh, way or like critical way that, yeah, all you people don't want to make decisions. I don't mean that, but it's just that, you know, I've wished that, right. And that's a lot of what we pray. We ask for God's will Uh, on one level. We're saying we're wanting to be sensitive to say, Lord, whatever you would want, we'll follow you. But on the other hand, um, how he actually created us to be was to be managers of the creation. And so he, part, part of what he's willing to give us is not necessarily uh, to retake full management in every area, right. but instead to equip us and to grow us. So I think about it as a skill building. So there's, okay. um, there is the, and in any skill that you're learning, there's, there's going to be margin of error. There's always, there are always going to be errors. And so there, and there are going to be some regrets or you wish you'd done things differently. Um, but there's, I think, with a lot of decisions, part of how it's been confused by how many times we'll talk about the will of God is that we think that there is that one right way mm-hmm. that is available to us if we were only spiritual enough, godly enough, prayed enough, mm-hmm. sought enough counsel. 
but that doesn't, again, that doesn't remove the possibility of risk. Right. And so I think a key part of working against anxiety is actually the acceptance of risk. Another way to say that is the acceptance of trust. So ah. it's the kind of two sides of the same coin. So a willingness to endure risk is also a willingness to trust God where, and we don't have to trust him when we see everything, right? In a certain sense that, but the fact that we don't see the outcome of decisions means that we're entrusting those decisions to God. Okay. So, so let me stop you for just a quick second though, because you said, okay, so it's the, it's the other side of the coin. Risk tolerance is kind of a, tr- uh, issue of trust. Is that, how did you say that? Is that how you said it? Yeah. The, anytime that we make a decision, uh, it, it's a, it's a step of risk. Like I'm yes. risking an outcome that I'm not in control of. And anytime that you do that, you can also make that a moment of trust Okay. where you're saying, I trust you with this risk. And you mentioned the word, you used the terminology risk tolerance. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we want to, you know, as we face decisions, we want to be able to maybe grow our risk tolerance. But how does that relate to trust? Is it a matter of like growing your trust tolerance or <laughs> am I way off? Yeah, there? I think it's. I think it's the same. It's kind of the same thing. One, one is more, uh, you know, just the awareness of dangers. That's what risks, mm-hmm. you know, awareness of the, that these bad things could happen. Uh, and trust is kind of relationally what you do with those risks with God is that um, kind of the acceptance that mm-hmm. acceptance of risk in relationship with God. Yeah. I- yeah. I think I was, this helps. I was just going to say yeah. that I, it, it reminds me of, I'm sure you, you probably experienced this. We all do as counselors. It's like clients that say, I just want you to tell me what to do. Would you just tell me what to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, and, but there is that sense of the reason that they want us to tell them what to do is because they trust that we would give them, but, but obviously the Lord, we're not hearing him in the same way, sitting in a room with somebody um, right. So yeah, I mean, I, I do experience that a lot with clients and I experience it in my own life too. Just the angst of I'm going to do the best I can with this, but it does require. So I love what you said about trust, because I do think so often, even, even as even mature believers, we would struggle to actually bring that risk and that decision in front of the Lord and say to him, I'm trusting you with this. I'm not trusting in myself. I know it's risky but I'm asking you to keep leading me forward. And the, I love the, mm-hmm. the the biblical analogy of a straight path for the righteous. Like I need a straight path here, Lord. So whatever decision I make, would right. you guide me? So yeah, that's, that's so helpful. I kind of wonder too, as we're talking about this, just as I look at my own life, you know, I'm just kind of thinking as we talk and, and in the times that I've made decisions or had to make decisions and they were hard and you kind of have, like you mentioned regret. I mean, who hasn't had, we, I, I tease my husband. So you, we've all heard the term buyer's remorse. Um, I've definitely had decision remorse where it's like, ah, was that the right decision? You know? And so hopefully some of our listeners can relate to that. I'm not the only one, but there's a little piece of this that as I'm listening to you guys, um, I'm wondering what's behind some of this because, uh, Beth had mentioned, you know, sometimes our clients, uh, people we're counseling will say to us, we want, could you just make the decision? Or they'll say, we just want God to make the decision before us. I think Michael, you mentioned that. So there, in some ways, like we, we kind of want to be, um, 
we want to abdicate the responsibility of what happens because that regret kind of goes, did I make it the right choice? Did I make the right choice? But I wonder also if there is something related to God's sovereignty. Like there's part of us that says, we want you to make the decision, Lord, because you're sovereign, you know, all you are, you know, you are the wisest to make those kind of decisions. But on the other hand, I do wonder if us saying, you know, I need to know the right decision. I have to make the right decision is a little bit of grasping at the omniscience of God. You know, are we reaching towards something that we were never meant to hold on to? And so, you know, in light of that, re kind of reframing those feelings of regret kind of goes back to what you said of this is a matter of saying, I'm not sovereign. I'm going to trust you. And hopefully that can alleviate some of the anxiety because anxiety is very real. Real. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So I was just kind of thinking out loud here. Right. There, there is that, um, that pressure to um, create a good life, to make a good decision with a marriage, with your career. And in ways that are, I don't know if they're historically unique, but their pressures are really significant on people to do that very, and on an individual basis and, you know, and to manage our lives in ways that are, um, you know, for a lot of history, you probably didn't have to think that hard on what you were going to do for a living because there weren't that many options. Uh, there weren't right, also that many exactly. people that you could, there weren't many options for marriage either in your village. or you know. So they, the, the, you didn't have infinite possibility. And so the constraints are actually somewhat helpful for decisions. And so willing a willingness to accept our own human constraints, I think, is part of the grace for us because like you said, taking on that God-sized perspective is just more than any of us were intended to bear. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And I think it's helpful for us to realize like what you just said. This is more than God intended us to bear. And so I always talk about anxiety, never being present. It's always taking you to the future or to the past. And I think decisions or what your book is about decisions specifically about anxiety. So if you've ever made a decision or you've been faced with a decision and you understand that anxiety, like this is, this is really what this book is, is focused on and helping you understand what does it look like to trust the Lord? What does it look like to, to um, understand his sovereign sovereignty and not pull yourself into the future or into the past in places that God has never called us to be. He's called us to be right here where he is present and he is helping us through whatever yeah. it is. And I love what you said, Michael, about um, just recognizing our the boundaries, the human boundaries the Lord has given us that are good gifts that they were there before the fall, right? Like we we had boundaries. We 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 are finite. We do, we do not have unlimited ability to see the future or to know what's best. And and so, man, I I, I don't know about you guys, but I spend I spend time sitting with others and and sitting with my own thoughts uh, about the the need to just lean into and even celebrate the fact that we have limits that we can't see. Can we celebrate? the fact that the Lord did not design for us to know the future and to know what's coming and to know that we're going to make the right decision because we are meant to depend upon him. He is, he is the only one who gets to have that. And that's yeah. a good gift, whether we feel that it's good or not, it is a good gift from the right. Lord. So, so yeah, I appreciate that so much. And, and I'm wondering um, just one, one more question. I think um, when you write a book, when anybody writes a book, 
it's pretty personal. I mean, like it, there are things that we that we learn as we go. There are reasons why we choose a particular topic. Um, so I'm just curious if you'd let us in a little bit uh, as readers and as listeners to you. What's what are some things the Lord has taught you along the way? Um, what's significant about this topic for you? Yeah, this book was more personal for me. I'm very much capable of of yeah, r- ruminating, waiting too long to make a decision, uh, you know, taxing friends or family too much that talk about it, you know, f- especially very big decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those things, um, you know, I think, yeah, those things have been hard. And those, I think the key piece there is, you know, the, that God intended us to, uh, to grow up into maturity as believers uh, and, Part of that uh, overlaps with what it just means to take your place in the world and make an imprint uh, and risk that uh, being an imperfect, uh, this is a terrible way to say it, imperfect product, imperfect, uh, you know, offering, uh, whether it's whether it's a book, whether it's a counseling session, whether it's uh, a career. Um, these these things are not perfectly in our control and people will react to them. They'll criticize them, misunderstand them. Those are things we have to accept in order to actually do anything in the world. And so there is um, there's the sense of, uh, I don't want to say resignation, acceptance is more positive and more proactive, I think, that yeah. um, the Lord has set bounds in pleasant places. And mm. that, as you as we talked about, the limits are good. And Kelly Capick writes about this really well. Uh, as, you know, and as you said, Beth, that there's this was a gift to us uh, as part of our humanity to not have to carry the full weight. Uh, we are, we are, we are created a little lower than the angels and even redeemed. We will still be, um, you know, so it's, we don't have to carry, you know, there are some things too high and lofty for us mm. as the Psalm says. Yeah. That's so, so helpful. Thank you so much for, for your honesty in yeah. just kind of how you are, you process it as well. Cause I think that's, it's just really helpful for us to all recognize we're, we're all in this, same boat, you know, like we're all struggling with seeking to make good decisions. And even our, even the angst that we feel about wanting to make a good decision, some of that comes from a really, uh, a a good space of, I love the Lord. I want to follow him. I want to do what pleases him. And so uh, that, even that can come from a place of, uh, of, of faith and, and, and wonder at the fact that the only the Lord knows so, so that's that's really good and helpful. And so, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, um, listeners. We would highly recommend that you pick up this book. It's a part of the Ask the Christian Counselor series from New Growth Press, which is a, a set of books, and that that set is growing. They, they continue to have more and more come out that are they're really really accessible books. They're they they don't take a long time to read, and they're very very practical. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to put in the show notes a link to, to go to New Growth Press's website and uh, click on this book and, and check it out and, and get a copy of it for yourself. And this episode is actually sponsored by New Growth Press. So we're so, so grateful for, uh, for their sponsorship uh, over several episodes that we've done this year. And um, man, Michael, we, we are so grateful to have you and thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your, uh, your, your work that is above and beyond. Um mm running a, a practice and teaching and raising children. And so we just pray every blessing over your life and your ministry. And we thank you once again for joining us. We're grateful that you've been with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So thank you listeners for joining us as well. And we hope you'll join us again next time for another episode of Council for Life. 
Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life. Want to become a friend of the podcast? Join our Patreon. Friends of the podcast receive bonus episodes each month that take a deeper dive into topics discussed and provide additional practical and personal insight from the hosts. Friends of the podcast will also be entered into monthly drawings for free resources from our sponsors. For more information, visit www.counselforlifepodcast.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.